When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Is that a Ramona? Ketchup out. Brown sauce is gone. Busy drinks is gone. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Tottenham Hotspur nil, Brentford nil. A lackluster draw to discuss today, which will happen. Uh, we've got the Todd father with us to talk about it. He is at TC underscore Cachot. Todd, what's going on, my friend? Oh, you know, just uh, uh, you know, another beautiful day out here in, in Spurs land. Any day that you get to talk to... Uh, to three of your closest about uh, a, a lackluster performance from our favorite football team is always a good day. Um, uh, yeah, this one, uh, yeah, ugh, is kind of the 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 prevailing mood. I I feel you loud, loud and and just uh, you know exasperated groans. That's that's kind of where we're at at this point. Caroline is at CG Stefko on Twitter. She is also with us. Kaz, what's going on? Uh, you know, I wasn't on the pod last week, but I feel like I could very easily have just said the same things I'm going to say about today's performance. So <laughs> that should tell you how today went. Not that great. Yeah, that is fair. Your your internet last week performed about as well as Spurs did on the pitch in the last few weeks. Uh, so that is kind of how we'll sum that up. Uh, but but looking better today, and so far we can hear you loud and clear, which we always love. Shuban is also with us. He is at the real Shuban on Twitter. Shubs, how's it going, mate? Yeah, honestly, you know what that um, it felt like we were just banging and banging and banging and banging. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta spin off it, man. Oh man, an ode to uh, to Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal's exchange. Shout out to those gentlemen who I know are listeners. Uh, if if anybody didn't see that clip from inside the NBA earlier this week, um, go pause. It's this. a banger. Yeah, it is pa- a banger. Pause this right now. Go look that up. Just Google it, YouTube it, whatever you need to do. That was worthwhile. Uh, very very fun. Enjoyed Dang. that. Enjoyed that quite a bit. Come on. Um, uh, all right, guys, let's let's dive right in because we got to talk about this uh, Spurs uh, with a draw today, picking up a point. But after the week um, that was in the Premier League with uh, the scum picking up two victories, um, Spurs have fallen back. They've fallen back into fifth, uh, two points behind Arsenal now in the race for fourth. Look, I, it's it's not uh, it's n- nothing's over. Nothing's we're not going to be doom and gloom here. But this week kind of kind of sucked a little bit to, to watch it unfold. Um, but a lot still to play for with five games remaining, but let's talk about this one specifically. So Ryan Sessegnon comes in at left back. Uh, other than that, it's pretty much an unchanged 11 for Spurs. Um, and the effort 
is also kind of unchanged from last week. Todd, what do we um what do we make of of the lineup changes and you know or lineup change I guess I should say and the way that it translated to a game um out there in in West London. Uh well you know I think at least in the group chat beforehand everybody was pretty excited to see Ryan Sestignon come in for Sergio Region and uh you know there were spells in that first half where you know he showed a lot of reasons why. Uh, he had a couple of different opportunities um, to make an impact on the game that uh, I feel uh, showed his lack of continuity with the rest of the squad and being able to, to bet in consistently. There are a couple of passes that went wanting to players to space. There were a couple of times where players played him into space and he wasn't there. Um, and I felt like he gave up on a couple of different balls, just, just things that look like lack of communication. Um, other than that, you know, I, I think that unfortunately, um, I think that it looked a lot like last week because the game plan is right now, um, referees aren't necessarily going to call fouls. If you clatter in to Harry Kane, anytime that he touches the ball facing the goal. Uh, and if they do call a foul, it'll just be a, a, a spot foul. There will certainly be no card until at least 60 minutes into the second half. And, uh, you, you know, I, when you take a guy like Andre Mariner, who was supposed to uh, referee this match today, uh, who is notorious for being quick with the cards and running a tight ship, uh, and you replace him um, with fucking nobody because I don't know who was standing in the middle of the park today because not a goddamn foul got called. It was ridiculous. They had they had a cone. It was a fucking road cone in the middle of the park that had a whistle and a set of cards, and there wasn't anybody that came in until the second half that started decided to use it. It was ridiculous. I felt so infuriated watching this match because it was like, are you are. <clears throat> I'm not even going to speak about the scummy bullshit that Pawson pulled earlier in the day. I'm going to let all the tin hat assholes go hang out on the internet themselves. Okay. All I'm going to say is that, um, you know, changes, changes occurred. that aren't necessarily explainable and it caused certain outcomes, little teeny tiny changes that lead to certain outcomes that all of a sudden fit narratives and, 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 and certain corporate pay structures uh, a little bit more favorably for some entities. So I I don't know Andrew how I feel about a performance like today uh and to see what happened up the table and, and I hate to fucking say that right now to see what happened up the table this week There there was a point during this match where I I wasn't sure if if Martin Atkinson had swallowed his whistle or had just dropped it and was looking for it on the pitch somewhere or or if perhaps it was just like a literal hologram of him and not actually him on the pitch. I, I, I wasn't sure what was going on there. You're, you're right about that. It was, it was certainly strange. And for I'm right about that, all of it, Andrew, and that's the shitty part. Yeah. Well, I, I don't always like to just admit that you're right about everything, but yeah, I don't really disagree with anything that you said there. It was, it was again, a strangely officiated game, but I will say too, not the reason Spurs were only able to get a point in this one either. Not by any stretch. Um, Spurs. Well, if you did don't not... let our offensive players, Andrew, touch the ball, I'm, uh, apologies. But if you if you don't let our offensive players touch the ball in the final third, how the fuck are they going to score a goal? I will say that they had their opportunities today and did not execute on them. That's 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 how I'll how how I'll counter that. Um, and that leads me to kind of wanting to talk about the similarities that we saw last week against Brighton and what happened this week were apparent to me. And it's kind of simple when Kane is eliminated in the middle as playing as, you know, we, this is something we talked about a lot. 
he plays as a number nine, but he also plays as this team's number 10. And when he drops, you know, deeper and takes on the ball, even with his back to goal and tries to hold up play, if teams can eliminate that from happening and he's not able to then distribute out wide to wing backs or to wings um, and even play through the middle with a player like Sun, that puts a lot of pressure on other players. And Caroline, that's where wing backs are needed. And to me, we don't have wingbacks in this club anymore after Matt Doherty went down with an injury. We have fullbacks who are attempting to play wingback. Tell me why I'm wrong or just nod and agree with me. I'd be fine with that too. Well, you're not wrong. I mean, quite literally, we don't have any wingbacks not injured in our squad anymore. And it kind of gets frustrating because you feel like Conte needs to make some changes, but it's like, what, what changes can he make? I mean, right. He's, he's in a really tough spot with personnel and I, I, I don't think we should be too harsh on Sessegnon today because like Todd said, he's been out of the squad. Um, he was not the only player mistiming his passes or missing the runs. Like the, the whole team was off, but you know, he, it's not great that we don't have anyone who is fit has been a consistent presence in the team who can sort of play that role. I mean, theoretically Emerson, you would think at this point would be more up to speed since he has been in the starting lineup for several weeks now, but yeah, it wasn't working for him either. And then we just don't have great options off the bench. It's still a case of like trying to convert one of our wingers into a wing back, you know, Lucas or uh, Bergvine, um, today Conte even tried to switch things up and bring Sanchez in and send Davis forward. And it was just a mess. So there it's the bigger issue though. I think even than the wingbacks is just that the midfield has not done anything in these past two games. It's just like been a black hole. See, that's, that's where I'll push back a little because I don't, <laughs> and, Go ahead, Todd. You you, you don't want to you don't. <laughs> no, I'm. Di- it's Horbier's outside of Romero, who's the best fucking player on the pitch by a mile. Horbier has been the most consistent player that we've had all I season was, long. I he's was going doing, to agree. He's doing the exact same Horbier shit that we expect him to do all day long. I thought Bentaker was fairly poor. I thought Royale was poor, and I thought for about sixty five minutes of this match, or until he got subbed off at seventy five, I thought about. 60% of Sassignan's performance was poor, who <clears throat> I do want to push back is a left wing back. That is his role. That's what he's done. That's what he played when he was on loan at, at, uh, at Hoffenheim. But, that's what but he I don't played. Think, that's but what I don't think he's good he enough. Fulham. I disagree with that. I think he needs the type of run four games in a row that Matt Doherty got before we stopped calling him shit. But here's the problem with Ryan Sessegnon, Todd, and, and, and I continue to harp on this, and it's the same thing with Sergio Reggian, because for those who missed it, Rob Guest of football.london reported that Reggian was on the bench today but had a muscle injury. So that's why he didn't come on for Sessegnon, and that's why they brought on Sanchez and did that switcheroo. Their biggest problem, both of them, is not their ability, it's their availability. If these guys can't you, – you want Sessegnon to get a run of four games? This guy can't play four games in a fucking row because he always gets hurt. And I'm not trying to be harsh. And we talked about this last week and the week before and the week before that. I'm not trying to be harsh on the guy. But until he shows me that he can play five, six, seven, eight, nine games in a row and right. be good, I'm not going to believe it. And okay, he, so this is his first game back. I, I hear that. But guess what? 
I can still judge on the merits that he was not good today. That's fair. He, he wasn't good today. And I can say, I get that he, that he's played left wing back and that is, is his historically his position. It's not for Reguillon and it's not for Emerson Royale. Those guys have been fullbacks in their career that Conte is trying to turn into wingbacks. And I get that that's not an easy thing to do on the fly and throughout a season, but Antonio Conte has also been here since October. So if this kind of thing is not going to churn out the way that it should, did I say that right? It's been since October, right? November. November. Okay. He's been here quite a while. And if, if, if he's not able to convert these guys over time, I don't know that it's going to work. I basically look at this squad and say, and I'm not trying to paint Matt Doherty as being like the end all be all here, but losing him was a big fucking deal a few weeks ago. And Matty cash can go get fucked for that tackle. Um, a tackle that at the time I thought, okay, that's a, that's a harsh tackle, but what, no, that has really, really changed the course of what's going on here. And the wingbacks are not playing well enough. And I'll, I'll, where I'll push back on, on, on what Caroline said about the midfield is I, I don't know what else you want guys like Hoybier and Betancourt to do. Those are not creative midfield players. Well, they are defensive guys who are there to, you know, get the ball and recycle and, and get it to the, to the attacking players to do more with. That was well, going to be my follow-up yeah. point is that we can't ask them to be players that they're not. Exactly. You no, know, we just, we right. don't have that creative midfielder like an Ericsson cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll to, get there. We'll get to that. Yeah. Personally. Okay. I don't want to move ahead in the pod order, but yeah. <laughs> so I'm seeing two things in, in the shape and, and please tell me Shubes, if you're seeing the same thing, the first thing is they're playing like a soft double on the ball. So they're cutting off the short passing lane to either Bentica or Hoybier, which is something that we were using really effectively to set up those long switches that you would see Kulisevsky runs or Sun runs. So they're doubling the ball. And what they're also doing is anytime that the ball gets played into Kane, they are fucking him up before he turns his face to the goal. That's, that is the entire game plan is don't let Kane face the goal. And I don't know that we have an answer for that right now. I don't think we do. I, I, the only thing I can think of is that essentially we've got, we have fullbacks, we have a wingback. So guess what? All I can think of is that do we abandon the win backs for the moment? Because we've, because I think, was it Matt Doherty joined us? He was a win back and we were also playing as a fullback and we struggled with him for a year and a bit. And then when, um, what's his name? Nuno came, Nuno was our manager. I thought, okay, well, Nuno knows a guy. He'll introduce the back three and we'll go, we'll play a back three. And no, still playing him as a fullback, which wasn't his best position. Yep. It's taking, taking a while. But you know what? Here's the thing. We've done this two games in a row against sides. I'm not saying we should be beating. No one should be beating anyone. But these are teams that we that you think we have a higher chance of beating. But something isn't working. And They're it, perfectly I capable mid-table teams. I get what you're saying. I understand it if it wasn't, you know, if it was last week, we were learning. But you know what? I think what it is, is that Matt Doherty, one of the things he's able to do He's able to create an overload. And what that does is it draws players out of position. Because if he's there, I'm not saying, that, oh, my God, Matt Doherty's there. We now need to watch him for what he can do. But he creates enough of a plausible threat that kind of unsettles teams. And they start to lose their defensive line. And that is where Son, Kane, and Kulishevsky can go into those little pockets of space. 
And I agree. And I think Royale doesn't have that instinctive timing. And I don't think Sessignon has enough running games in order for that timing to be bedded in fully. I I think he has that ability. I remember, was it, I think it was this about five, no, six years ago now. No, seven seven years ago. We were playing Stoke. Kane had come off. And so it was, I I can't, it wasn't like a long term injury, but Kane had come off. So we put in Chadley. I thought, oh, you know, it makes sense. Chadley's a big, strong guy. He's quick. You know, it should it should work. It died on its ass because yes, Chadley is big. Yes, Chadley is strong. Whatever else, but he didn't know how to play the position. He didn't know what positions to take. He was having to think about what to do. It wasn't instinctive. And when it's not instinctive, it's not a natural thing for you to do. You are going to struggle. Now it works if you've got everyone else playing at uber levels that allow you to compensate for it. It's like if you're flying a plane something with somebody, you know, the, the other person can like, are oh, you going a bit too much over? I'm just going to help you out a little bit. Yeah, but we don't have that option. No, we so, don't. And 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 I think I think that's kind of the point that that I'm going to uh, emphasize that Caroline made a few a, a few minutes ago in terms of what Conte can do. Well, not much because it doesn't feel like the personnel is there. If 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 Kane can't operate like he wants to in the middle and ping balls out to, to Sun, Kulisewski and, and wingbacks that are playing well, well, then the wingbacks have to help with the production in that, in that midfield, because the, as, as, as I said, the midfielders quote unquote in Betancourt and, and uh, Hoybier are not those guys. I mean, they can occasionally help out a little bit, but those are not the creative guys that you need. And if the wingbacks are not going to play better, it's almost like, all right, well, what else can you do? There's not the personnel to just make a like for like switch there to see if someone else, cause they're so thin at wing back right now. Um, and that's where we start to get into, okay, does Kulisevsky slide back to a wing back position and you try Lucas or Bergvine? If you're asking me, please Bergvine, not Lucas at, at right wing. Do you, do you try something like that? Do you try something like the, he did late in this match with, where it's, now it's Ben Davis playing up at left wing back and you're throwing someone else like Sanchez at center back in place of him just in order to try something different. At this point, I don't know what the answer is. And again, a lot of this is driven by Conte's lack of options, but it, there's also a a weird stubbornness factor, I think, here in terms of something needs to be different because I'm I'm saying a lot of the same things that I said on last week's pod following Brighton. Um, and that's frankly, not a good feeling. It's not, I don't really like that idea of, of continuing to come on here every week and say, well, this looks a lot like game X did last week. I mean, think back a few weeks ago to Newcastle when we're flying from scoring five goals and we're getting goals from both of the wingbacks because everyone's everything's rolling, everything's in motion. And you can talk about the, the quality of opponent all you want and those kinds of things, but if 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 Spurs can go out and do these kinds of things on a consistent basis, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. I don't care no, if they're playing I'm Liverpool gonna, or if they're back. playing Brentford or playing Newcastle. I'm going to push back. If they're playing their game, I think they can beat anyone, but they're not playing their game right now. Push back. Okay. Well, the, pro- the, the, the I agree with the <laughs> I agree with the 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 end of the statement. You cheeky <laughs> son of a bitch! You threw that in there. I saw you. Yeah, that's what I do. Uh. So anyhow. Uh, no, I, I agree that they're not playing their game right now. But what I also think that it boils down to is style of opponent play. Sure. And so when you're playing uh, a team like Brighton that doesn't score goals and you're t- playing a team like 
uh, Brentford, who's uh, has the most point from a, most points from a promoted side in like the last twelve years or whatever. Like uh, you know, th- you're looking at is that true? Here. They is that is that a, is that a fact? You, because they're the most. One. Yeah, they have the most wins in like however. Anyway, didn't didn't doing... wolves didn't wolves set that mark when they came up most recently, a few years I'm, ago? So this is the most wins. Okay. That a promoted side has had. No, I just, I guess I just, I guess I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I guess I just had not realized that because I thought that Wolves set that mark a few years ago. Didn't Wolves come up and finish like seventh or eighth in their first year up or something? And I don't know if it was their first year up, but anyway, it may have been. Anyway, long story short on this is this is, this is a a resurgent Redford team, but it's still a team that isn't necessarily taking it to opponents, right? So when we play sides like, Leicester, and we play sides like Liverpool, we know that they're going to take the game to us. We know that we're going to get the ball in some wide open spaces. When we do that, you're absolutely right, Andrew, we can play with anyone. The problem is, is that we also have um, Scum, Burnley, and Norwich on the uh, on the schedule as well in the remaining matches. And those teams are going to be more than happy to sit back and you know, put ten behind the ball and try to nick a point. But all right, well, I'm I'm not going to fully disagree with what you said, but but I'll, here's how I'll push back on it. Brentford in the first half of this match had more of the ball. Like Brentford were pushing the issue, especially in the first half. Now in the second half, that 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 you know that script was kind of flipped, and Spurs ended the game with 56 percent of possession after only having 48 percent in the first half. But Brentford were kind of doing things with the ball like they they, no, they had like the they're... ball but they weren't exactly it wasn't like they were they were they weren't coming at you I, is that's the only place that i'm gonna push back because i mean you look at the shots you look at the total shots they had two big chances okay One they were went creating off of, chances though they had a bunch of corners is what it was yeah, yeah those, those, are, those are those are those are chances and and frankly i would rather not see christian erickson banging corners against us as often as he was oh, redford finished yeah. this game with 12 corners that's that's a, those are ch- especially knowing our set piece defense. I mean, hell, so how bad. did how did we keep a clean sheet today with all of that? Uh, the post and the bar, <laughs> and and the Hugo Lloris. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I thought he was pretty good too. Um, solid, as but he is. let's 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 call a spade a spade here. Brentford are a decent mid 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 table team, but with Christian as Erickson. as with Christian Eriksen, yes. But as Shuban said earlier, these are teams that if Tottenham go out and take the game to them they should be able to go and get a better result than a draw against. But with the Antonio Conte system, it requires the buildup out of the back, requires the three at the back with the wingbacks. It requires all of with these the wingbacks is the key. Yes. And he's notorious for not going away from that system and working it all the way through. He's clearly not fully comfortable with the four at the back yet, even though he can play right. it in a pinch if he has to, absolutely has to. Um, and ultimately, I don't hate the approach. I don't hate the approach. My problem is, is that you have to be able to switch it up when it's not working. And, and that's, that's where why it feels, that's where it feels like, stubborn to me. Well, I also would push back on that and say, when you look over at the bench, you're going to say Stevie V, or you're going to say, I mean, I, that's that's I, who you're going to yes. say. You're going to no, say Stevie V. And so now I'm looking at that going, Stevie B doesn't solve my creative midfielder problem. Uh, And so I'm going to turn it over to Kaz 
who's clearly being labeled uh, her, her plea for, for bringing Erickson home today is loud and clear. <laughs> and as anybody who's listened to me for any length of time knows that Christian Erickson is is my favorite current active player. Hold, it's Robbie Keane and Christian Erickson. For me, hold so. on a second. But, because I think that's more of a long-term discussion. I want to have – before we get in, <laughs> before, before we get into the Erickson thing, thing, and we will get into it, trust me, I want to have more of a short, short-term discussion because there are five games left in this season. And you're right. There is a creative midfield problem here, but also that's, to me, partially due to the system. This system does not – you know, it doesn't really cry out for creative midfield if you're playing Betancourt and Hoybier next to each other. I guess you could maybe have one of those guys be more creative, but the system works if you're getting good quality play out of – wing backs and front three and all of that right now they're not getting that they're not getting great play out of all of those parts so you like a creative midfield you play the three five two so that he still gets his three at the back right and you play sun and Kane up top and then you slot that creative midfielder in the problem is and then you're gonna have to rotate time with decky is what it boils down to. which which i don't love either well you say you don't love it but the last two games he hasn't gotten the fucking ball and he's just a guy in space and like we appreciate that, and we appreciate Decky for his quality and ability. And I think off of you know off the bench, if we're having to play a team like Brentford, coming I'm off sure. of the bench, back on the, you know what? I'm sorry, but you know what? I saw that assessing you on for me. I saw him was it his warm up game? I think it was at Stevenage or something, and he was playing against Chelsea reserves, oh U23 or something, and he wasn't match fit. And I think he hasn't. He's had again the injuries. And they, when he started it going, he had the injuries that have knocked him down again. Started it going, he had the injuries knocked him down again. And I think Emerson, that he's come to this country. He, I don't know how much English he still speaks or doesn't speak. And you know, he's basically came in as a fullback. Because I, I thought, oh, we're getting a Brazilian fullback, and I expect him to be like I have no idea, like Jairzinho. Or, I mean, I forgot the other one of those players playing, playing. I forgot his name. Played from AC Milan. He was like a, a freight train, always going up and down or something. He was just ridiculous and I thought that's what you thought a Brazilian yeah he's a fullback he's probably gonna be more like a winger he isn't he's a he's a, he's a right he's a right back occasionally get forward but that's not his game so we're asking players to play the game that they're not naturally able to play so for me I would actually say right now in the short term if you can there's no way what you're gonna do we're gonna get Stevie B and say look you know what Stevie you're gonna play as a fullback as a, as a <laughs> wing back next week. no it's not gonna that's not gonna happen no, so but, me, but you know what you can do, which we've seen already a little bit, is you can you can throw Stevie B out there, shit, throw him in the middle, throw him in it at, as a number nine if you want, and slot Kane back into more of a midfield role. I mean, I know it's I know it's unconventional, and I know it sounds crazy to to take Kane further away from the goal, but something has to change. But yes. make 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 Kulisevsky the right wing back and play Stevie B as the right wing. See that I don't hate do, that. Like, do there's got to. But I mean, how much do you give up? And then that's the other thing is how much do you give up defensively? Because say what you want to say about Emerson going forward. Like Emerson uh, yes. is a serviceable defensive no, right wing back. Oh no, he's not. no he's I, not. I, I I think I think not right are... back, right wing back. You gotta hear what I said there, Shoops. I think you're kind of right there. I also saw a lot of Emerson today just throwing legs at guys that were running by him. That and happened. That yeah. that happened quite a bit. Um, and frankly, I don't know that even on the other side, look, I, I know that right is different from left. I, like I get that. I learned that at a very young age, but I think that these two positions, right wing back and left wing back are so intertwined at this club right now, because I, I think we think that there's an issue at one of them. And I think 
some people will point to left wing back being a problem and some people will point to right wing back being a problem and you know what that tells me both, both. of them are a big fucking problem yeah. um they're a big big issue both of them and that is you got in the short term for five games i think you got to throw as much shit on the wall and hope it sticks as you possibly can because i think if you want to make top four i think that's what you need to do i think you need to throw it all out there and whether that is like i suggested Kulisewski back to right wing back, bring Bergvine in. And, and this leads to the other thing. Why is Lucas getting into games ahead of Bergvine at this point? Like that to me is so baffling and puzzling because as I stated, and again, I'm going to go back to stating things that I've stated on previous podcasts. Lucas has a role. It is to come in when you have a lead and run at people and fuck shit up and be a nuisance. When you don't have a lead and when you need him to be precise and have possession and do things like that, he is not the guy to come in in that role. And that is beyond frustrating to me, seeing Bergvine strapped to the bench um, and continuing to not get his chances. I know he's not going to come in and do what he did against Leicester every every game, but he can at least give you something more than, especially in possession, uh, than than Lucas can in my mind. Yeah, and I just want to point out that Conte did not use all three of his subs today. Bergwijn didn't get off the bench at all. And that's so frustrating to me because, especially in this game and also in the Brighton game, it it felt like, especially towards the end of the second half when Brentford were really just digging in, you know, parking the bus, it was like we were just continually trying to put a square peg in a round hole you know, trying these like horrible passes into a, a congested box that it just was creating nothing. And I feel like Bergvine is one of those players who plays with a sense of freedom that sometimes you just need in those situations when nothing else is working and you just need to get some, some fresh ideas onto the pitch. And I think Conte was just being way too risk averse today, you know, n- not even giving a player like Bergvine a chance. I, I agree with you. I can also say that late in that match, I, I don't mind a little bit of risk adversity because you need at least one point from that match late. Like you cannot, you cannot come away with nothing because that is a real doomsday scenario. If you go and, and lose two straight to Brighton and, and Brentford and you're looking at, at, you know, Arsenal winning both of their matches this week against, let's just call a spade a spade better opposition even if even though we want to make fun of what Manchester United and Chelsea have been doing of late those are still better clubs than Brentford and Brighton so I I get what you're saying there late in the match also if you're going to bring Bergvine on after you've already brought Lucas on where does he go he just doesn't really slot in anywhere that's and that's part of the problem with this club right now is there's no positional flexibility and there's no great options to bring anyone off the bench and change anything dramatically um and such is life living with this club right now it's so frustrating um so short term i don't know now we can kind of shift into long term christian erickson played against tottenham hotspur today which was really fucking weird um it was also really really cool to see him before the game hugs in the tunnel before he came out with with all of his former teammates it was really cool uh, after the game to see him run over to the Spurs, you know, supporters and sign a, sign a kit for, for a fan, sign a Tottenham kit for a fan. That's all that stuff was really cool. It was cool to hear him after the match uh, speaking to, I think it was to sky sports and talking about how he's rooting for Spurs to get in top four. 
uh, and he's still a Spurs fan and supports them. And all of that is really nostalgic and really cool. And let's just like sit and recognize that it's really cool that this guy is healthy and alive and has his family and all of that stuff, let alone playing football at a quality that he is and, and at such a high level. Um, that said, Caroline, you want him home, right? You want to bring, you want to bring Erickson back this summer. And that's all the rumors this week is Erickson might be, might be on his way back to, to N17. Yeah, I, I do want him back just because, you know, we're sitting here talking about the lack of flexibility in the squad and he just provides something else that no one else in the squad that we currently have does. And he's clearly still playing at the top of his game. I mean, this is what the first game in a while that he hasn't had a, a goal or an assist. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess kudos to our defense for that. But um, yeah, I, I I just don't see a whole lot of downside to bringing him in. Is the way I'm. That's because there it. isn't there isn't yeah. any downside at all whatsoever. It's absolutely perfect. He is the perfect person to come in. He knows everybody on the team. He knows how to get bedded in. He knows content. He knows Conte. He knows how to win under Conte. He knows how Conte, more importantly, Conte knows how to utilize Christian Eriksen. So we get the most out of Christian Eriksen instead of those like 10 games a season where everybody's like, fucking Eriksen never plays defense. This is bullshit. Like we just send him those games and then we, you know, bring him off the bench, Shubes. <laughs> so talking about um, obviously Christian Eriksen had the cardiac arrest. Um, and obviously we all saw that and uh, it was just horrific to see that really. And, you know, and thankfully he was able to survive and he was able, he's been able to salvage his career. Someone who basically associated with Spurs, who got here five years ago, actually, I think it was actually five years ago, yesterday or today, um, he sadly passed away from a cardiac arrest. And um, it kind of puts our game into perspective because first of all, he obviously didn't, he, he went to work and didn't come home. But what the other thing that really puts into perspective for me was um, one of the last things he wrote on Twitter was him actually um, saying that he was he was going through um, Dalston. Now, if you, if you guys that don't know Dalston, Dalston's in Hackney, which is London. It's one of London's poorest areas, yet a, a flat in Hackney can cost you nearly a million pounds, which is just bonkers, but that's just London. And um, he was just going through, and he... He, he just saw this girl. She wasn't asking for any money, wasn't anything. Clearly homeless. She gave her a tenner, and that was it. And he goes, you know what? It's good to do something like that and do something kind. And um, so, yeah, every year since then, I've tried to support the charities, homeless charities that we have in London and um, try and do something kind. So, yeah, um, I know this, this result sucks, and it really does. But you know what? You know, we're, we're with our loved ones, love them, a little bit, love them a little bit more, hug them a little bit tighter. And if you can, do something kind. Cheers to that. What about um, what about this idea of, of, of Erickson? Because I, you know, I, I agree with you, Todd. I don't think there's a downside to it. It's just it's one of those things that's not my priority. Um, and, and I'm not saying I'm anti the but- Erickson thing. I'm just a little more apprehensive about it. For, okay, anyone who listens to this podcast is not shocked by that previous. <laughs> Damn it! All right, and you got me there. So, so, what I will say, what I will say here is that um, I don't want Yuri Tielemans. 
right? But I do want a creative midfielder. I don't want somebody who's not Premier League proven already, but I do want a creative midfielder. I don't want to pay an arm and a leg for a creative midfielder, but I want a creative midfielder. And I don't want to wait to have somebody like Alpha Divine or whomever, um, you know, come through our ranks to be a creative midfielder. I want a creative midfielder. And so as I'm looking at all of those things, Christian Eriksen is the fit. And so, you know, yeah, it's nostalgic and yeah, it would be sensational, his words, um, but it fits. And ultimately, one of the things that I've noticed is that there's when things fit in this game, oftentimes they they work. So um, I don't know, Andrew, I, I can't look at this and say that it's not a priority because every single time that we've looked at a team parking the bus and we've been woeful and, to- and toothless offensively, we've been like, damn it, we really miss Erickson. We haven't replaced Erickson. We really need a creative force to, to break down, you know, with some kind of pass and a lot of that. We need fucking Christian Erickson back, Andrew. And I don't know why we're trying to talk about something that's not that. Well, I guess let me tie the long term into the short term then. If if you're talking about, you know, a situation like today, for example, what I guess the change you can I can point to that you can make there is you bring someone like do you bring Kulisevsky off and and bring Erickson on to play more centrally and and switch it to the 352 that you were discussing earlier with Kane and Son up top and Erickson feeding them or I do it halftime if this yeah. isn't working. You know what I mean? I, I mean, or I guess, like it's 60, right? I guess so. I guess if, if, if Erickson's starting, though, you're sacrificing one of those front three, or are you? But, but to but me, but are you comes- sacrificing when you okay? So you're going to cut Decky's games by a third, maybe two thirds of his starts, but you're going to cut his games by a third overall, and you're still going to get Kane and Son running free. I don't see a downside. I, th- I think it gives you that flexibility to change formations because you then have a, a more creative number 10 in the middle to stick in front of Hoybier and Bentoncourt. I agree. I still think you have a problem out wide on either side. And that is, You're that's what I wrong, but that's I what can't... I mean by priority though. That's what right. I mean. Okay. So here's my thing. Fortunately, Paratici is not someone who looks at one target and one target only. No, I, I hear you. You know what I mean? And so, like, I can't – we weren't playing uh, Forrest today, so I can't talk about Spence, right? Like, we were <laughs> – we, 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 so I'm looking at priorities as well being being wingbacks. Uh, I'm also looking at a left-footed center back. Right. To me, um, though, this 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 speaks to a problem that we, we talked about during – even going back before Conte was around – we wanted more center backs. And right now, if you look, we have three and we play a back three. We don't have, I mean, Davison Sanchez is there. He's a presence. He but... was first off the bench today. I don't know what you want to talk about. <laughs> Come on, man. When's the last time you saw Davison Sanchez before today? Did you even know he was still alive? Like, he was parking my car. That that guy um, has that guy had been strapped to the bench just like Harry Winks is strapped to the bench for the most part. We um, saw him last week. Thank goodness. Yeah, there's not a ton of depth is what I'm saying. So when I talk about wingbacks i'm not talking about needing to get a right wing back or a left wing back or one of each i'm talking about you need three four of those just like we needed three four center backs in in the last window or in the last summer window rather i'm talking about you need to really add volume as well as you know it's 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 a quantity and a quality thing with this club right now in those positions okay so i i just i feel like that's a lot of what i can't what i can't do right now so so i guess yes i would love to ideally have three or four deep and and be fucking man city 
or 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 Chelsea in that regard and be and, you know have have my under 23 teams arguably be as good as as Watford. <laughs> I, mean, you know I, I, mean? I I hear you. What I'm saying is silly because of the confines of Spurs. I get Well, that. it's just we are where we are and what I'm saying is I think that we're about three total, maybe four total players away from really making noise. And I think at least one of those is a wingback. I think at least one of those is Christian Eriksen, because I'm not going to call it an attacking midfielder. I think it's Christian Eriksen. And I think one of those is a left-footed center back. From there, I'm going to leave everything else up to you, Andrew. If it's another wingback, great. If it's a Kane backup, great. It's whatever. But those three things are what I think we need to have happen in order to be and a fourth player in order to be truly uh, potent. Well, you you know me. I've never needed a a, a Kane backup because they have Hyungmin Son, they have Steven Bergvine, they have they have options if there is a Kane injury. I'm more worried about the spots where we don't have a backup. And guess what? We're seeing that right now with both the wingback positions. We don't have backups for when. And by the way, let's just reiterate how fucking absurd it is that Matt Doherty got hurt and we're all like throwing our hands up. Like, what the fuck do we do now? Matt Doherty got hurt and we're doing that. Like, that's where we are at this point in the Spurs season that when Matt Doherty gets hurt, it's like shrug emoji what do we do now with our hands like well it's a continuity thing bro and with the Conte system it's continuity first okay it's also i I think his uh his versatility you know we were talking about that earlier he's really the only player besides sun that can switch from plank to flank so great shout that's a great shout we, we didn't see him in his most recent iteration where he was having so much success on his favorite side right because reggie and sesenyong were unavailable and so i mean I don't know, man. I, I think you're absolutely right in the sense that the the, the wing backs and the uh, and I think you're absolutely right, Kaz, and the, the, the versatility that Matt Doherty brings to the table is what we're truly missing here, rather than Matt Doherty, the man himself. And and look, I'm gonna once again, if if you're a regular listener to this pod, I'm sorry because I'm saying a lot of the things that I've said in previous weeks, but I will shout out our boy Scott, who is at DSM Spurs, who's on this pod regularly. And he is, he said when Conte came in, guess what we need? We need to have really good wingback play in this system. And he talked to, he talked to his boy, Dave, who's a Juventus guy who's, who's seen Conte constantly. He said, you, we need really good wingback play for this system to work. Well, guess what we haven't gotten in, in the last two matches that we were getting in the previous three or four really good wingback play. And, and Kane is now goalless in his last five. Well, Kane's goalless because teams are playing him more physically and shutting him down. And guess what? Credit to them. We we, we talked about crediting uh, Brighton last week, and I didn't really want to do it. I was I was anti giving them. More, but guess what? Yeah, when you look back, teams are figuring out that this team doesn't have any play wingbacks. So if we can shut down Kane in the middle and stop him from grabbing the ball, turning and firing to another offensive playmaker, then we can pretty much shut down what they do. And that's what we've seen the last two weeks. And that is frustrating, but also it's, it's like it's frustrating. And also there's no answer to fix it. So here's where we are. (laughs) Like I, I hate to be so like, you know, I said I wasn't going to be doom and gloom on this pod, but that no, is, but facts are facts, bro. That's kind of what facts. I'm. Yes, that's kind of what I'm seeing. So and I hope- think Kulisevsky kind of, you know, compensated a few times when the wingbacks were not as great. 
but since he's been having a couple of off games, it's like we don't even have that outlet now. So yeah, well, they started doubling him as well, and that I right. mean, you double him, and his overlap is fucking Royale, which it's there is no overlap in that regard. Nine out of ten times. And Kulusevsky's recycling back into the middle, which recycles back to Hoybier, which recycles back to one of the center backs. Like, and so you're, you're looking at that going, okay, so there's no offensive outlet there. Sessignon's timing is off on the left-hand side. They're smashing Kane in the middle. Sun's doing the best he can to make runs, but there's no ball over the top. Yeah. Spurs are good for the planet. They're recycling a lot, but they're not good for anything else because they're not zero winning. nine shots today you said we didn't take our chances we had zero big chances and and none of them on goal once again for a second yeah. straight match the best the chance that we had point. was that cane side foot volley that yeah. went about yeah. a foot wide that was our best offensive threat today that says what it all <laughs> brentford hit the bar and and the post and we had a goal cleared off the line as well yes cane cane right Yes, great, great point. Kane saved a goal off the line. He's our number nine, and he saved a goal off the line. That was that what didn't I don't even think came from like a set piece or anything. I think it just came from a run of play where they were able to fire one in, and he saved one off the line. That says a lot need, about what this club is is doing right now. I do. I, I, well, why we play the big box though for him to figure things out because one thing that kind of worried me about Conte, I'm like, very glad that he looked, He's a massive improvement on Nuno's. We've seen that in our stats and everything. But he is the person that says, you know, if I don't get what I need, then I'm going to struggle to do what you need me to do. And you know what? I'm sorry, but this is where he has to do his coaching. This is where, yeah, how the boss thinking. This is what he needs to come up with. I have no idea. Some kind of, I don't say Hail Mary, because that's, that's kind of sacrilegious, but <laughs> some kind of, do you know what I mean? Something out of the box that we're not going to expect and that, they can't expect because you know what was it was it was a definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and, and hoping for something to change if it's not working out because we, we did because we tried that against Brighton it didn't work we're trying that now against Brentford not working okay. something has to change I don't know what it is because none of us are coaches maybe Kaz you're a coach but none of us are coaches uh, uh, you know so I mean please come up with someone anyone come up with any idea. Because I don't know what it is. We can do the analysis. We can do it over and over again. Because because right now, it's just not working. Whatever we're doing right now, where isn't working. I mean, I don't want to drop Kuliszewski. But you know what? Young players go through these things. They go through players. Moments are different. And for me, if I'm Steve, Stephen Bergwijn, I'm thinking, what do I have to do to get on that pitch and do something? I mean, Lucas, I mean, do you know what? You can say, what well, we brought Lucas on. And if that Brentford player doesn't foul him, then do you know what? He has a free run. Being Lucas will probably screw off his cross, but at least he's got that free run on goal. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't happen. It's definitely not a red card because there's a player there to cover, maybe. But definitely, it's something that's a step. It's a clear. Look, it's, it's, if, if you're into XGs, there's a good chance that Lucas can create something. You know? But do you know what? We've got to do something, and I don't know what it is. I'm honestly racking my head. And I'm thinking, well, do we, do we move Kuliszewski? To I don't know, yeah, because you know what, he's not doing a good job there at the moment. So maybe we we use him there instead of Emerson. And I was really, you know, Andrew quite likely called me out because I was being a real potato in our group chat about Emerson. <laughs> but and do you know what, someone told me something interesting. We complain about all the money that we spent on Tongue and Dombele, 
60 million pounds, a lot of money was spent. It's not my money, but it's resources that annoy, it annoys me that, that we are wasting, we are recruiting badly. We are making poor decisions. It's not my money, but it's poor decisions that someone at the club is making. That, so that's, 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 what, that's what vexed me. But you know what? Someone did literally double down and spent 60 million on both Sessignon and Emerson combined. Now, Sessignon, I can understand why you paid that much money on him. He was a young player of the year at Fulham, homegrown, and he was playing, you know, basically, we signed him, he then went away from England, got an injury, never got a chance, and because of the injuries, he's never really ever, ever got going. But Emerson is a player that we probably scouted for God knows how long, and we bought a player that clearly wasn't right for us. He's complete miscasting okay. choice. Hold on. We bought him, scouted him for a Nuno team that played yeah. a back four. Yeah, that's where I was going to, Todd. And so, like, he was the purchase that we made at the time. We had a Barcelona product that we got for, uh, well, at the time, if you were looking for a defensive mind, if you were looking for Aaron Wan-Bissaka, that's who we bought. And that's, to be fair, that's exactly what we fucking got. And so, and now we're asking him to essentially play Matt Doherty's role, and he can't. That's not what he does. We're, we're asking him to be, you know, Jao Cancelo, and he's fucking not. And so, you know, we're, we're wondering, you know, why this fork um, is a really shitty way to eat, eat this soup. And I, I don't understand what more we want to talk about here with this. You so, can get the noodles, but you can't get the broth. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. And the broth is three quarters of fucking soup, Andrew. But hey, 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 here's the thing, mate. You, 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 you know what you do? You use the noodle, you use the fork to pick up the noodles, and then afterwards you pick up the bowl and you put it to your mouth and you glug it like that. That sounds a lot like giving box. me a washing machine when my dryer is broken. But I'm Fuck saying you think outside the box. You think, do you know what? I haven't got a spoon. But there's a way for me to drink this soup anyway. I will put my mouth and I'll glug, 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 I mean, into the into the bloody what, soup. Wait, what are you going to do to it? I don't sure yeah, that. You, what's you, that you again? You put your face into the soup and you try and you try and suck up my suck it. Oh hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I would like to keep the I would like to keep the, the, the pod at an E rating, not an MA rating. For the children. Yeah. This is a family friendly children. We've covered that. Um look, I, I we we've we've gone over a lot of that. Look, we're gonna have plenty of pods this summer talking about uh ins and outs and, and everything else. I can give you the preview right now. I I am not convinced of any of the wingbacks on this club or fullbacks or whatever the fuck you want to call them. I'm not convinced that any of them are bang on starters going forward. I, I think there's some of them that can be squad members and can, can, can be serviceable backups. Um, but I'm not convinced that any of them, and I'll even throw Matt Darty into that because I think Matt Darty is, is best as a second option as, as well as he played leading up to his injury. I still think he's, best fit as a second option. It kind of leads me though into what I wanted to talk about here briefly. And that is Antonio Conte's comments after the game um, because they felt very, uh, it could be worse to me. And while I can appreciate that he's, he's not sitting here talking about, um, well, maybe I'm going to leave in the summer if things what? don't go my way and all that shit. What do you mean? What? What are we doing? What do you mean? What am I doing? He sounded like he sounded like the boss of a team that just had a fucking nil nil draw away. I know, and I'm appreciating that. Ugh. Ugh. I'm appreciating the fact that he didn't say, 
he that he didn't try and burn this thing to the ground after the match. I'm appreciating that he said, and this is a quote that I'm reading from Jonathan Veal, quote, with five games left to play, we are talking that Tottenham is in the race for Champions League. In November, people forget the trouble that this team was in. We have improved a lot. End quote. I can appreciate that he would come out after a nil-nil and say something like that, even though it feels a little, eh, it could be worse. I can appreciate it feels a little it feels a little things could be a lot worse people like let's let's take a deep breath i can appreciate that he's at least doing that rather than saying eh fuck this place i might leave in the summer if we don't do what i want which is what he was doing 2 months ago i don't think that he was i think that that's what the <laughs> okay. media tried to get you to believe that he was doing 2 months I ago i think that he was i think that he was not quite holding a gun to to daniel levy's head but he was he had his hand on on the holster I believe that that is an aggressive assumption that helps us get <laughs> clicks, and I like it. So keep it moving, sir. Keep I mean, moving. that's the metaphor I went with. I don't know why. I'm it's better. Not it wasn't as good as the soup and the fork, but still. Hey, well, you know, we, we, we practice these things. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm looking at this situation going, um, I kind of feel like we lost this game on paper. And I, I don't I explain don't really, what you mean by that. Elaborate, please. Yes, I, I would yeah, like I, to know I, what that means. I was sitting there watching this going, did did Conte just get out coached by Thomas Frank right now? You mean Kyle like, McLaughlin? I, yeah, you got it. Uh <laughs> and Graham Potter last week. No, Graham Potter, you take that like that guy, I you know I Graham Potter was the original. So I don't I don't I don't knock the original, I just knock the cover. Again, um, I don't know that Antonio Conte got outcoached in either instance. I think that he, I, he got he got absolutely fucking outcoached last week. Call he he did not um, make the adjustments that needed to be made. He did not react to but, the reality. But again, of the pitch, is my but again, opinion. this is I, I I'll agree with you, and I'll also say that what the fuck is he supposed to do with this squad? He does not have. He, he cannot continue to try to put round pegs into square holes and think that. It, we're all going to have a Merry Christmas. It's just not, he can't do that. Did you just play both sides of the squad argument in the course I did. of 15 minutes? Okay. I did. I'm just because making look, sure we're all in the same. Okay. Yes, because look, there are no, look, I don't think any of us have simple answers to these complicated questions. We, we don't. I think that we can agree that Conte is stubborn and not going to change it in the ways that we're all talking about, whether it, whether it's the crazy shit that I'm throwing out with Bergvine at right wing and Kulisevsky at right, right wing back or, or any of that crazy shit. I, I can agree. Like I would, would I want him to try that because it's a shit on the wall that I hope sticks? Yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't have the pieces to, you know, he doesn't have the pieces to make these changes. I, I agree that he has a lot of constraints on him right now with, the squad that we have, but I still think he has not exhausted every possibility. Um, and whether that's, it could be possible that he's, he's tried these things out on the training pitch and just decided there's no way I'm trying this in a live game setting. And I can respect that, but I don't know. It just feels like he, he didn't, he didn't even use all his subs today. Like anytime that happens, it just drives me insane. <laughs> okay, but again, Caroline, what's the sub? I, I assume Bergvine. Bergvine for, for Kulisevsky. Yes, I would bring no. I yes, I would bring Bergvine in for Kulisevsky. I would switch okay. Bergy to the left, bring Sun on the right, just to try something different. Invert okay. the just, 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 just because again. Brighton, or Brighton, sorry, uh, Brentford. Uh, 
you know, then they have to adjust their game plan too. I hear you, but to me, that's a, a, a more of a like for like that is fine. I hear you about changing it up, but that's not radically changing anything that's going to make a massive difference. It might, but it's like, but, but, but I hear you. Like I just, to me, when he brought Lucas on ahead of Bergvine, I was like, okay, well, we're just continuing to ram our head into, into the wall. And, and like Shuban said, definition of insanity type of stuff. Um, I just, I don't know. I can't, I can't, but again, there are no simple answers to complicated questions. And that's what, that's what we're going to continue to deal with over the next five matches. Uh, as we, we approach this run in, um, before we talk more about that run in, which is important. And we are going to, I do want to take a, a slightly closer look before we get out of here today. Um, we did get actual good news out of Spurs this week. Oliver Skip has a new contract that runs yes. 2027, which is really, really cool. Um, Oliver Skip has been injured and it has been heartbreaking and devastating. I, I can't actually remember when the last time we saw Skip was. Was it February that yeah, he got hurt? January, late January, January. February. Yeah, There's, it's it been really February. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's been a while because because frankly, the Bentoncourt signing long. has has served as just a he slotted right into that role alongside yeah. Hoybier. Yeah. Um, and we all kind of questioned when 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 Bentoncourt started playing regularly. Well, what's going to happen when Skip comes back? Well, Skip hasn't come back, and I don't know if he will this season. There's only five games left. No, but... he even said in like his his uh, kind of speech or whatever when they were talking about signing the new contract, he was like, "My job is just to get fit for next season. Make yeah. sure I have a good preseason." And it's like, which sucks, yeah. but no, that's on our that's on our medical staff. I don't even want to have that conversation. I'm just I'm just glad that we get to see a healthy Skip in a Tottenham uniform because he legitimately could be a, a captain for us down the line. Um, the other piece of good news that's kind of pseudo Spurs related that I do want to take the opportunity to, to, to speak on here um, is congrats to Vinny, our man Carlos Vinicius, for winning a trophy with PSV. He won the Dutch Cup. Oh, okay. And big shout. I didn't know where you were going with this. And big shout. I miss Vinny. And big shout to uh, a, a random miss, but okay. I do. I've been calling for Vinny. You look at his goal tallies last year, you look at the numbers. Vinny scores everywhere he goes. So that's all I'm saying. The other one, uh, like his goals per 90 is fucking ridiculous. These are facts. Okay. Uh, the other the other congratulations I want to give is to Papa Poch, who, uh, yeah. as we were potting today, uh, officially won the French League. And, you know, them. just add those two to the growing list of players and managers uh, who we've known, come to know and love at Tottenham Hotspur, who have left our dear club in order to go hoist silverware. I am going to th- I'm going to throw it back to Shuban because he he had something about Skip that he wanted to say. Well, here's the thing. Um, uh, basically, when we were back in the Champions League after God knows how many years out of it, I had no idea there was a thing called a uh, youth Champions League kind of thing, which um, nice to me. Um, BT Sports was showing Sky, where well, even they didn't show it back when Spurs in Champions League, or it just wasn't there. And I remember seeing Skip, and he must have been about. 17, maybe 16, 17 at the time. And there was him and another player called Keenan Bennett. And those are the two players that really stood out for me. But Skip, more than anyone else, stood out because he always seemed to have a little bit more time than everyone else. So you see the other players, they would be very, very rushed. But Skip never seemed to be panicked. And if you ever get a chance to read the Steve Perriman book, um, Steve Perriman, our record uh, appearance holder, Steve Perriman has said that, you know what, if there's one player that reminds me me of me when I was young, when I was young, lads, first, it's Oliver Skip. And 
I've, and if those, those of you, and I know you, you three haven't met Steve Perriman, but trust me, yeah, I know um, TC's met Ledley King and you might have met Gary Mabba. I don't know if you got a chance to meet him, but honestly, I've, I've been very privileged to meet a three, three or four Spurs captains and I've been very, very privileged that to have that happen to me. But honestly, none have had the presence of, Stevie, of um, Stevie P. And if Skip can even be half the player that, that Stevie P was for us, we are going to be so lucky because he is, honestly, when I, I got to see him a lot of him when he was playing at Norwich, um, obviously well, the season before. And I'd, I'd often speak to some of the Norwich, Norwich City guys asking about Skip. I said, you know what? Him and Buendia have been our best players. And Buendia went for like 30, 40 million to Aston Villa. That's the kind of quality player that we've got in Skip. And hopefully, we, we, we might not see him for the rest of the season, but obviously, obviously he's kind of trying to tie into... Um, Andrew's rundown, but do you know what? If he can hopefully get over his injury, because a lot of players don't. A lot of players get an injury and it just sticks with them for the rest of their life. Hopefully, he can get over this injury. They can do what they need to do. And hopefully, it's just a case of just the next season he comes back. Because I honestly do believe that given how poor England are um, centre midfield and Bellingham aside and maybe Calvin Phillips and Rice, we haven't got a real lot of depth there. He is someone that I can, I can see, easily see sneaking in to that um, World Cup squad because he has a good start to the season. I can see him and hopefully, fingers crossed, we get Champions League and he quits himself well there. I can see someone like, you know, see someone like Savio thinking, you know what, I need to have a look at him, get him in there. That's well said. I, I'm, I'm excited to see Skip going forward. Um, speaking of Champions League, let's take a brief look before we get out of here at what lies ahead. Uh, as I mentioned, Tottenham now trail Arsenal for the fourth position by two points. Everyone's played the same amount of games in that respect, uh, both on 33. Uh, Chelsea, uh, just to mention it, Chelsea are up ahead at 62 points, uh, four points ahead of Tottenham, two ahead of Arsenal in third, but they've also played two fewer games. They've got some games to make up here. So I I don't even really want to discuss Chelsea, even though our boy Dakota really thinks that we're finishing third. I want to talk about fourth. Um, we still have the goal differential lead on Arsenal by six goals. And here's the run-in. Uh, next weekend, both play on Sunday. Tottenham play at home against Leicester. Spurs are at, or excuse me, Arsenal are at West Ham. The following week, we play uh, away to Liverpool on the Saturday. Arsenal play at home against Leeds on the Sunday. The week after that is the midweek game against Arsenal, the Thursday. So that's the next three leading up to, you know, that North London Derby. And then the final two matches, uh, Spurs are at home on the Saturday, on the weekend, uh, excuse me, on the Sunday against Burnley, and then Arsenal play Monday away to Newcastle. And then the final week of the season, Spurs are away to Norwich, Arsenal host Everton. So that's the run-in. Five games to play for both, including one against one another. Um. How how we feeling? Let's just assess it. How we feeling about two points behind, but with a match to play against them and those other four, obviously that are, I don't know. We 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 were asked a question on social: Does the schedule now favor Arsenal going forward, or with the game against them, do do, do we still feel okay about 
our chances at top four. I don't think that this is a, I think the point was really big is I guess the, the, the against Brentford, if we had, if we had not gotten the point, I would feel a little less yeah. confident, but I think getting the point actually, I still feel okay about top four. I think one well, thing um, are, are in the Europa League. And so they, they will probably play a weakened side against Arsenal because they've got bigger priorities. Top four is probably out of the question for them, but they still have a chance to win the Europa League. So they're going to play, they're going to focus on that. Uh, Liverpool, you don't know what's going to happen. Cause obviously they've got Champions League, they can pick up injuries, whatever. And what's this, what, they, what are they going to prioritize? Um, the Leeds game, that'll be interesting because Leeds are, they're not safe, but they're not out, they're not out of the woods either. And the same, same for Everton. So, you don't know. I mean, hopefully by the time we played Burnley, that's it. They're relegated. There's no hope for them. And that's what I'm hoping for. But you know what? I won't be looking at these games thinking, oh, well, well Brighton, yes. But do you know what? It's games like, you know, it's, it's Brighton, yes. And it's Wolves and Southampton. But you know what? Right now, we've got to focus on it. I'm not even looking beyond the Leicester City game. Because if we don't sure. get those points with Leicester City, we honestly, I'm going to struggle. I mean, Liverpool... You never know. I mean, Liverpool are one of those teams that they can play. They, they are ridiculous. They are playing on a ridiculous level. But And yes, they beat the shit out of Man City last week because obviously they played their third-choice goalkeeper. But we, but they showed it. And at that, at that title side or title, whatever it was, at the Etihad, they just couldn't break down. You know, they weren't able to do what they needed to. So we can... Go go to these teams and win. So I don't know. I mean, I know, I know it sounds really stupid after because we were clearly going to beat Brentford today and we we struggled against Brighton last week. But you know what? I honestly do think that if we can get our front three firing, we can get that ball to them as as um, Lolo or Rodders, whatever you want to call him. If we can just get it working, if Conte can have some epiphany or something and work out what needs to be done, then do you know what? I'm really do fancy our chances. I don't. I don't see us getting third like like D does, but I can see us getting you know getting fourth. But Conte has to figure out whatever what our problem is right now and come up with a solution quick. Because if he doesn't, then you know th- that house of cards kind of falls away quite easily. Well, the good news is that as Eric Dyer pointed out after the game, it's still technically in our hands uh, the whole way because we have to play Arsenal. So that that has to be. <laughs> I think our biggest priority um, in the stretch of games is making sure that we win that game. It's we cannot lose it literally. Um, But I, as far as Arsenal schedule goes, I think Newcastle could give them some problems, not because it even matters to them really anymore, but they just seem determined to prove everyone wrong. Seem to be a a nuisance, you know, enjoy the fruits of their uh, ill begotten funding. Um, (laughs) But and, and Everton could still be, you know, fighting relegation on the last day. So I, I don't think the games are going to be easy for them either. We just have to take care of our business. And if we do that, then it won't matter how Arsenal does. Facts. Those are facts. Um, I'm not excited about the trip to Anfield. I think other than that, um, the only other match that I'm looking at in this run where I'm just like, gosh, I just don't know um, is uh, – strangely um is the burnley match yeah i knew you were gonna say that 
just I knew you're going there. Yeah. Burnley because they they're another one of those teams that can do exactly what we saw these last two matches. And it's just a hundred, another 180 minutes of fuck my life Tottenham football because we can't figure out a way to get the ball into the box. Yeah. I think that the thing that the thing that changed today for me, if you would have told me prior to us drawing Brentford, I would have said, I think we could get away with only getting a point against Arsenal. Now I think we have to beat Arsenal in order to make top four. Yeah, because I, I felt the same way. I was looking at it after after Brighton. I was like, you know, I, I knew we were going to drop points, but now I feel like we need to go get something from Anfield in order to be level going into the Arsenal match. I feel like we have to win that game at Anfield now to to to. Really oh no, I'm it. talking about Arsenal, not 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 Liverpool. I know you're talking about Arsenal. I'm saying for me, in you order think to we have to win like, at Anfield. I feel like we have to win at Anfield in mm. order to be in a position going into that Arsenal match. That's like okay. We're ready because if we go in, like even a point in Anfield, I think would be okay. But I feel, I feel now like we need some momentum going into this Arsenal match. Them coming off of this week, where they beat Chelsea at the Bridge and United, I, I, we need to take some momentum back. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. It is tough indeed. It seems that uh, we were. We were all a buzz, but Brentford took it out of us. <laughs> Brighton, Brighton didn't really even take it out of me, but we're uh, just gonna ole that pun. We're just yeah, gonna ole that pun. Just, it's fine. All right, fine. As long as we're not gonna Jose <laughs> that pun, that's fine with me. <laughs> I wouldn't want to win. Yeah, uh, anyway. no, would we? <laughs> Guys, this was fun. Uh, as as much as it was difficult to talk about, and I I continue to go to. We don't have simple answers to complicated questions. I feel like that is um, the long and underlying uh, theme of this one. Uh, but, you know, we're going to be back next week to to talk about a game against Leicester that we hopefully have three shiny points from and maybe can even boost the gold differential up a little bit just to make sure. But uh, until then, follow us on social at Tottenham Depot, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I think we got them all. Follow Shuban at the real Shuban. Uh, follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho. Follow Caroline at CG Stefko. Follow me at A Stetka. Follow Dakota at Dakota J Booth. He's not with us right now. Follow Scott at DSM Spurs. He's not with us right now. He's off in Vegas having himself a time. Uh, I think he made his first ever sports bet and didn't win it this morning, which I'm 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 excited to to indoctrinate him into that world, which is really great. Save um, yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll be back with you next week here on the depot to talk about uh, hopefully a cheerier time and hopefully a, a closer race in the top four than it is right now. Until then, for Shuban, for Todd, for Caroline, I've been your host, Andrew. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>